Before we get started on today's Mortcast, I would like to talk to you about Blanchard Family Wines, located between 18th and 19th, and Blake and Wazee in beautiful lower downtown Denver, Colorado, right in the middle of the dairy block, and just a couple blocks away from Coors Field. Do you like wine? Do you like the experience of tasting wine? Do you like drinking wine? Um, do you like the family-owned vineyards um, that really take care of quality and hey, do you like Pinot? Do you like Cab uh, Blends? Do you like White Rinds? Do you like Rieslings? Do you like Rosés? Well, they got it all. And it's all encased in one of the best parts of Denver, the new dairy block, just to, just down the block from the Milk Market. If you're out on the night on the town, you go in to Milk Market, um, get get yourself a meal, and drift over to... Uh, over to Branch and Family Wines, just a, just a little, just a just a ways down the dairy block from from the milk market, um, they will set you up and they will they will make sure that you have the best experience. Uh, they were started in late 2018 and have been going strong since. Um, they are on Instagram under Blanchard Family Wines, and they are also on Facebook, and uh, you can look them up under Blanchard Family Wines. And you can also find them, as I said, between 18th and 19th, and Blake and Wazee in beautiful lower downtown Denver, Colorado, just right smack dab in the middle of the dairy block. When you go in, tell them Jeff Morton from CSG Podcast sent you. What is up, everybody? Um, this is podcast number 339. Um, I have done a lot of these. <laughs> And this isn't like locked on nuggets where, you know, there's one done every day. But, you know, after 11 years of doing CSG, um, I consider 339 numbered episodes plus about, you know, 10 that aren't numbered to be to be a lot. Um, but I, I appreciate you all joining me again. Uh, the Nuggets have played one preseason game. They played it last night. Um, and I'm not going to get too deep into analyzing preseason games. Um, that's for people who care about that. I don't. I'm going to be honest with you. Preseason games are preseason games. Uh, they're only good insofar as you can see, you know, moments. Um, that you can see things that are, um, um, <clears throat> a, you know, development. It's kind of like, you know, it's like a bigger version of Summer League. Where you're not playing only rookies, but you're playing with people who are getting in shape. Um, NBA players who are rounding into where they should be from the summer. Physical fitness is a lot better than it was in the 80s and 90s as far as this goes, but you still need to get into basketball shape. And generally that is what these preseason games are for. And the good thing for the Nuggets is they started their preseason and they did the entire um, training camp at Elevation. They did it in Colorado Springs. Um I think they did themselves a disservice last year. Even though they started 9-1, and one, they did themselves a disservice last year in uh, doing training camp in Southern California. I believe it was uh, San Diego. And they just wasn't... They were, they were at sea level, and they did most of their preseason games in California. And it just wasn't, you know, the same. They, weren't, they didn't get that fitness that it comes from being used to the altitude. Even people who play at in Denver need to get used to the altitude. And um, I think the Nuggets did themselves a great, great favor by doing 
their uh, training camp in Colorado Springs. Um, <clears throat> building, and I, I spoke to Michael Malone at, uh, at uh, the last practice before they went to Portland. And uh, he seemed to be pretty, pretty antsy about wanting to get the, the, the season started. Um, I don't blame him. Um, sometimes it's just like there's a long buildup. And once you get like through media day to training camp and all that stuff, it just, it's, it's a week, but it's a week of just getting ready. And I think a lot of these guys, Malone in particular, likes to just get it in and get it done. And uh, I think, you know, the last night the Nuggets, let's forget, they won, but let's forget that because this is preseason. Uh, you're looking for a couple things. And there's only two things that stood out to me. And I'm going to be, no, excuse me, three, I'm going to stretch it to three things. But thing number one is Jeremy Grant is going to make a enormous difference with this team. You, I, you can just tell when he stepped on the court, this team was different. And it was, I think the Nuggets, and, and I'll give the Tim Connolly a bunch of credit here. Um, they, since they struck out with being able to get free agents in, I'm sorry, there is a car going by. This is part of the joy of CSG Mortcasts, okay. Um, <laughs> um he, since the Nuggets weren't able to, to really take advantage of a tremendous free agent class this year, um, he would have to be able to strike with trades, and the, my, the uh, Jeremy Grant trade was genius. Yes, they had to give up an asset, a, a draft pick asset to get him, but it was worth it because the Nuggets are in a different place now than where the Oklahoma City Thunder are. And the Nuggets right now um, are in a perfect place to take advantage of young talent like Jeremy Grant. Getting Grant in there, you could just see. It was just his length, his athleticism, all of that was just immediate. And it was a big difference from Paul Millsap. And that's another part of this whole thing we need to talk about is that it, Millsap is great. That he's, not, he's, he's great for what he is right now. When Jeremy Grant got in there, it was like, whoa, uh, this is length, this is athleticism, and this is a next-level kind of kind of thing where you could just see his effect on the team. Remember his uncle, Horace Grant, um, when he, and I'm, I'm equating this to when, I mean, this is a lesser version as of right now of this, but when Horace Grant went from the Bulls uh, in 1995 to the Orlando Magic, his impact on a young Magic team was immediate. And uh, he was really the reason that team, I think, won 63 games, 60, 64, 63 games. It was, it was uh, the best of the Shaq Orlando teams in 1995. Um, 94, 95, excuse me. So it wasn't 95, 96, it was 94, 95. Um, that Horace Grant came in, and he made the. It was Grant making the difference there, and you could kind of see just in the immediate impact of when uh, Jeremy Grant got in there was you could see how the team just was like, oh my God, there's this guy here. He can pick, get out, and shoot threes, and he can protect the paint. And I was just my, I was just salivating thinking about him and Nikola Jokic together. Because in in a lot of ways he makes up for a lot of Nikola's uh, defensive 
issues, which are have been as we as I've discussed before, have been exaggerated. Um, but he does uh, accompany. He does he does by himself um, compensate for a lot of the things that Nikola Njokic can't do, and it was great. And Paul Millsap. Uh, this is not a slight to him because Paul Millsap was great. He did a great job uh, in the game. I mean, preseason game, again, caveat. But Millsap did great. But it was just a different, it was a different level of athleticism. And you could tell to a certain extent during the playoffs the Nuggets were missing some athleticism. And this is where that comes in and where Jeremy Grant helps out. Not only being athletic, but being smart, being good defensively and knowing his role. And I think that is, is absolutely invaluable when it comes to this team. And I'm really looking forward to seeing how he develops. Part two, Michael Porter Jr. Um, finally gets in with four minutes at the four-minute mark of the, well, it's actually 4.30 mark of the, uh, of the uh, second half, which was, I, I think it was the third quarter. Um, look. I was doing some bitching on on Twitter. It's mostly because I'm old and I don't like staying up late for preseason games. <laughs> I just sometimes I'd just rather be sleeping, you know. And and this is it, it was like ten something thirty. I know. Mean, just imagine people on the East Coast having to stay up for this. Um, but anyway, he gets in there, and you could tell a couple things immediately. One, uh, the passing is probably not going to be part of his ovure, so to speak. Um, I think that his his ability to score is evident. And he did that step back jump, a couple step back jumpers, one on the baseline and one, uh, one next to the key. And you could just see how special his talent is on that end. Really, how special he could be um, just with a couple plays like that. He ended up, you know, nine points, but really his shot was pure. I mean, the game's probably a little faster for him right now. Let's face it. I mean, he has not played in two years. Um, he was getting half speed preseason and obviously this is not going to be an immediate thing with him. But what I anticipate with him is while this thing is a work in progress, it'll get better and better and better. And one of the big things, one of the big things you look for uh, in what he is a rookie, you know, um, one of the big things you look for is that the, the moment and the games are not big enough or not too big for him. You kind of expect, kind of like Jamal Murray, I think he started his rookie season like, O of 21. And it was it was bad. And it was like he was never going to make a, make a hoop. It's because there's a difference. The NBA is just absolutely different from college. And Michael Porter Jr. had just a small amount of college games. So he really essentially is a high school player coming into to pro sports. And his development, as far as that goes, is going to be interesting, you know. And everyone was salivating over those uh, step-back jumpers and, uh, you know, him talking trash to uh, Yusuf Nurkic on the Portland bench. But it's going to be interesting to see how the Nuggets incorporate him because there is a legitimate small forward battle going on. 
you got Wancho, Hernan Gomez, you've got Vlatko Chanchar, you've got, you know, of course, Will Barton, um, you've got Michael Porter Jr., and these guys are all going to be vying. I don't anticipate Michael Porter Jr., I'm just sorry, folks, unless he really surprises me personally. I don't think at this stage of his development, I don't see Michael Porter Jr. cracking the starting rotation. Um, however, uh, you know, as the season progresses, his role may increase. Um, the final thing is Michael Malone being in regular season form. Uh, I, it was obvious to everyone, and this is just a personal opposition. This is not based on me talking to anyone. This is just a, a something that I observed um, from the game last night. Uh, there's certain things that Michael Malone is not going to change that drive us all nuts. It's hard to criticize someone who gave the team its first 50-win season since uh, 2013. Uh, and these aren't criticisms. These are just part of who he is. Uh, Michael Malone uh, is very much a guy who needs to take a rage timeout for himself. And he needs to take a quick timeout after a fast break, to calm himself down. These are things that uh, uh, avid followers of CSG will know. These are things he does. The other thing that was completely predictable uh, is that with the, this Nuggets team and really Altitude and KSE needing the hype from Michael Porter Jr., you knew, you knew that Michael Porter Jr. was not going to get in, if at all, until the second half. Um, and I, I don't think Malone is obstinate. I just don't think he thinks about these things. And I think that it was predictable completely that he would that that Michael Porter Jr. wouldn't get in until the second half. They're trying something with the uh, small forward rotation, and it's going to be uh, a work in progress. And Michael Malone is not going to bend for hype. Um. For better or worse, I happen to think that it would have been better if Michael Porter Jr. was in part of the first half rotation uh, when people are awake. Um, I think that the Nuggets needed to generate some hype, and they missed an opportunity there. But Michael Malone is also in team development, and hype is not part of that. And I don't think anyone was pressuring him to think of that. I just think that from a from a outsider perspective, KC, Altitude, all these guys need the Nuggets to be as hyped as possible. Because let's face it, the Avalanche are not going to get onto the national stage because it's hockey um, in, in the way that the Nuggets are. They just aren't. And you would hope that the type generated by Michael Porter Jr. would help out. And Porter Jr. not getting into the second half, I don't know how that affected it. I doubt that it moved the needle much, but it's just something to think about. It's Michael Malone is not going to alter his approach based on that kind of need, and nor should he. Uh, he is a coach of a team that's coming off the second round of the and the Northwest Division title. Um, quite frankly, he doesn't need to think about the health of of the other branches of the organization, 
but quite frankly, I think from an outsider perspective, the Nuggets, not the Nuggets, but Altitude could have used some of that first half hype. But this is Michael Malone, and Michael Malone is going to be Michael Malone regardless. And I think that if we're going to take a step back and look at this team, they are who they are, largely in, because of Michael Malone. So it is what it is. And you're going to take the rage timeouts. You're going to take the, um, you know, maybe not judiciously using his timeouts because he's trying to calm himself down. There are things that he is going to do. But you take that because this is a winning team, and it kind of proved itself last night in a small way on uh, um, on a preseason stage, but it was national TV, and people are starved for NBA right now. You know, let's just let's just give it up to Michael Malone that you're not going to change, and uh, hopefully, for the Nuggets' sake. This approach and his approach will work out for the betterment of the team for the rest of the uh, season. So, anyway, thank you all for joining me. Uh, I, I, I'm going to, once again, issue the caveat. I will try to have more podcasts up frequently as the season ramps up. I'm going to try to hit my mark of three a week. Uh, I'm going to leave it to you guys to keep the pressure on me to make sure I do that. So, uh, thank you all for joining me again, and I'll be talking to you later. Goodbye.